360 with Katie Wolf on Mix 104.9. Thanks to Joyce Main Darwin. Well, it is just 13 minutes away from 10 o'clock and crime has been a hot topic on this show for years, you'd have to argue. Uh, it's really come back into the spotlight in recent weeks and recent months. But today in the paper, we've got uh, one of the community leaders in Manangrida calling for change in this space and help. Uh, we've got the Mayor of Alice Springs, Damien Ryan. He's coming on the show at about 10.30. He's certainly called for change in this space, as has Darwin's Lord Mayor, Con Vatskalis, who joins me in the studio right now. Good morning, Con. Good morning, Katie. I'm pretty sure if you ask Athena Pasco, the Mayor of Palmerston, she probably would tell you exactly the same story. There is a problem. There's a serious problem, not only in Darwin. Uh, it's in Alice Springs, in Manigrida, in Palmerston, and other regional centres. Um, I'm very pleased now that both parties seem to awake and do something from their side, but I, we need action, and we need action quickly. Let me put it bluntly here. I know I hear this morning a lot of people talking about the poor kids, and we shouldn't do that, and we shouldn't do this. Well, let me tell you something. By doing nothing, you let these kids at risk, because they've got dysfunctional families who don't look after them. Ten-year-old ten children in the streets of Valley Springs, it tells you something. It tells you the families do not care, they don't take care. So leaving the kids where they are, we're doing disservice to these kids. We condemn these kids to a life of misery, a life of crime, and from these kids, more other mm. kids may come with the same Oh, and, and look, Con, you and I have spoken about this before. There is no doubt that this issue is complex. There is no doubt about that. But what we're talking about now is, you know, some of these bail conditions. Obviously, the government's put forward a number of changes, um, but they have said that this legislation really can't go through Parliament until May. You've been in the Parliament before. I mean, is there an opportunity here or is there some way that they're able to bring forward legislation urgently? Um, there is a the possibility to bring uh, legislation in urgency, and it's been done before uh, when there was something to be done very, very quickly, and will be done in the future again. You can introduce legislation on one day, and in the next parliament sittings, uh, you, actually within a week or two weeks, you can actually pass it. There's no problem about it, and I'm pretty sure that government looked at it and um, probably considered it. The other thing that really, every time we don't want to do something, we say, oh, the situation is complex. No, mm. it isn't. Families do not look after the kids. Kids out at the streets, they're hungry. They don't have any love, nowhere to, to sleep. They're trying to find companion. They form groups. They're trying to find food, they will steal it because they don't have it at home. They're trying to find alcohol because they're alcoholic. The situation is not complex. It's simple. They break the law for the same reason because they have no family supervision, no family support, nothing at all. They will be fighting around pretending that we care about these kids when we leave these kids in a very difficult situation to go on in the future breaking the law for the simple reason because they have no nothing at all to look for the future. Con, what do we need to do urgently here? I mean, do we actually need to put our differences aside politically, take a look at the legislation that the CLP is putting forward and maybe amend that? Unfortunately, Kate, the system we actually have in Australia currently is the old Westminster system, which is adversarial. Uh, very, very uh, rarely you will see parties coming together. The only thing I remember in the, my all these years in politics is the Labour Party and the Liberal Party in Canberra coming together with COVID-19 because they realised what a big threat was. Mm. The opposition supported the government in any measure they took it. I think we've got a situation here where we should actually look what is good from its part of the legislation, other party, adopt it and introduce it. And introduce it quickly. 
I reckon I reckon we do. I reckon we need to, you know, to make some changes very quickly because to me, uh, you know, May is not soon enough. We're talking about um, somewhere like Alice Springs at the moment just really fighting some very serious issues. You know, you can send down extra police, but we've heard all along you can't arrest your way out of this. Well, the police will do their job and arrest the criminals. They put them in the court, but if there's not a strong legislation to imprison these criminals or refuse bail, then the magistrate has nothing else to do but to apply the legislation he's got in front of him. Mm. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which government is in in place, it's the government's uh, decisions what legislation will introduce. <laughs> Con, let's move along because there's a bit to talk about uh, this morning. Um, the council has made the decision to rename Bundilla Beach, so it was obviously Vesties. It's been renamed. I actually think this is a good move. Wrong. Council did not make oh, the decision. Council didn't make the decision. It's okay, the names, sorry. The, name, the names committee, which is a government yep. authority. Council only had to agree to it because the government asked it, and we did agree with that one because Bandilla is more significant in that area than Vestis. Let's have a look who was Lord Vestis. Lord Vestis was a, a cattle baron lived in England. Mm-hmm. The only thing he did for the territory in the early. 1910-20s, but the abattoirs were very quickly closed down. And the next time that he's remembered is with the Wave Hill Station yep. uh, Land Rights Act, when he refused to actually pay proper wages to the indigenous uh, people that were working there, and it was only the Whitlam government that took it away and gave it to uh, Vincent Ligieri. Also, Vestis was never properly registered. There was a name that was given by the locals. Okay. So it was never a real name. So when the name committee came to us and said, look, we have to give a name to that area, and we believe after we did the research, Bandila was the best best uh, name, yep. we asked why Bandila, because it's got strong Larakia links yep. with the families that they still exist here and their Larakia family. So I had no problem at all to rename something that's got some relationship with the territory than something that actually relates to England. Give you an example. There's called now to rename the Luster Highway to Severin Highway. Yep. Severin was a, a territorian who ran many cattle stations here in the territory in Central <laughs> Australia and contributed a lot to the growth of the territory and the growth of the cattle industry. And I will fully support it as an ex-minister of primary industry. Yep. Severin should be the name to be instead of Luster Highway. Okay, so you reckon there's a few changes that could come into place when it comes to those uh, those renaming? Absolutely. I think we should actually honour Territorians, name things after Territorians, rather than some obscure cattle barons in England. Convat Scarless, I would love to talk more, but we have run out of time this morning. We will catch you again, maybe again this week or next Tuesday at least. You will indeed. Good on you, Con. Thank you.